You have to show me how to do that. Come along. <laughs> it's more about confidence than anything else. You decided that stag was too large to shoot before you even touched the trigger, I'm afraid. You'll learn. You'll learn in time. You make it sound so easy. Nothing ever rattles you, does it? Oh, I believe your mother would have quite a few things to say about that. You do know that you cannot show someone your best without allowing them to see your worst. Well, speaking of which, she would adore those. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to Bridgerton on Netflix. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to spill the tea. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and uh, if you can't tell, ladies and gents, Mary is... (laughs) Not well, <laughs> not well. Um, and uh, so what we're going to be doing here is I, unfortunately, you're probably stuck with me for most of this episode. I'll chime in from time to time. And it's gone beyond from time to time. It's gone beyond Jessica Rabbit now. It is now this like. <coughs> I love how we just thought I was like sexy that day. And we well, had you no kind of were sexy that day. We but, had no idea that actually I was getting very sick. Yeah. Like, so not only is Mary. <laughs> you're just like, wow, what is this? Not only is Mary, you know, Death. like, you know, the long COVID of it all, but she is. The now really sick on top of it. So <coughs> please bear with us as uh, as we try to trudge through um, <laughs> and traverse this this sickness and everything that's going on in between. But I will say this, Marvin. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I am, I am in on season two of Bridgerton now. Oh, good. I thought you were about to be in on me being sick and I'm like, Blake, this has been the theme of my life. No, I'm out on you being sick. Thank you. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, way out. I'm done with it. But Same. no, I am way in on this. I, I, it's not that I was. It's not that I was doubting. It wasn't that I was on the fence or anything. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, like this is cute. Like, a, yay! I, I'm glad we're back in Bridgerton world. Like, I'm great. I'm glad we're back in the universe. Yeah. For, for the first two episodes, okay, we're getting to know Sharma Sharma, mm-hmm. and you know, we're doing the whole thing. All, all good stuff. Yeah. But it was this episode where I said, "Yep." That's, I see what we're doing here. I get it now. Mm -hmm. And I am in. I'm I'm in a hundred percent. Oh, same. I hear you. You know, I've, I talked about it before and how I have this particular issue when it comes to like Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. where it takes a little while for the engine to get revved up. But once it's there, it's there. And choo-choo, my friends. That's what she said. (laughs) Got it there. (laughs) Definitely got it there. All right, Marvin. Uh, yeah, let's get into the rest of the episode, shall we? I just wanted to remind you, the listeners, that you can subscribe to this podcast if you're not already. And if you're not, then what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? No idea, man. We're like, what, what, <laughs> what are we? What are we doing here? You listen to the party, you're not even subscribed. Get out of here. Get on it. Get, what are we doing? So let's get that done. And of course, if you want to chat with Mary and I on a more personal level, you can. You can either email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail or or get in touch with us on the social media. <sighs> platforms, uh, whether it is Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, we're all there. Just search at Mary and Blake. And of course, of course, you want to check out our private Facebook group, the Mary and Blake Facebook group. It mm-hmm. is awesome. It's great where just a bunch of nerds go to to chat about all things Bridgerton and This Is Us and Lost and uh, and basically anything that you love when it comes to entertainment, we're chatting about it there. It's a special place. It's a lot of fun. Don't miss out on it. That is that. Marvin, are you ready to get into the rest of the show? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Do you have your episode recap, my love? Oh. For one quick second. <laughs> okay. I forgot that we do that now for this show. That, that's okay. No problem. Well, you know what I'll do in the meantime is I'll vamp. Okay. I'm going to vamp. I'm, I'm not as good at vamping as you are. It's okay. But I will say, I'll give you the episode details. How's that sound? Or if Love you it. if you have the, if, you let me know when you have the recap and I okay. will. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I successfully vamped. The Sharmas 
arrived at Bridgerton's country estate, where Anthony seeks to win Kate's good opinion mm-hmm. amid bad memories and a ruthless game of Pall Mall. Also in this, we get flashbacks of how Edmund the Viscount died mm. and lots of anxiety over bees. So much anxiety. All, all kinds of, exi- <laughs> of anxiety. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Hard not to have that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. All right. The episode details. Uh, the title was A Bee in Your Bonnet. Once again, I'm in. I'm totally in. The director was Alex Pillai. Now, Alex has d- not directed uh, an episode of Bridgerton as of yet. This is his first. But he's got a bunch of different episodes of television, a lot of British television. Uh, though, though you have probably heard about some of his uh, works, which includes uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, in addition to the show Walker and Riverdale as well. So, and he's also directed, uh, it, keeping in with the Shondaland premise, the mm-hmm. Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin. So that is that. The writer was Sarah L. Thompson. This is her first um, writing credit for Bridgerton as well. Well done. Though uh, she has written for a television show called Yellow Jackets and also once again, keeping with Shondaland, How to Get Away with Murder. She served as a story editor and executive story editor on that show, primarily. We've already gone over the differences between the executive story editor and story mm-hmm. editor. I think that was back in episode two, so go back and listen to that if you'd like. If you haven't already, that is that, Marvin. Your cups of tea rating, how many cups of tea are you giving a bee in your bonnet? Five full cups, man. Yeah, Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, you know what, Marvin? I'm, I'm going to go... As a matter of fact, this I think I think this is the highest rated I'm ever I've given a Bridgerton episode yet. Oh my gosh! Give a dead parent to Blake and he's all in, <laughs> all in. <laughs> dead parent, a winner. Oh, dead psychedelic parent. drug use. <laughs> oh man, and just like all you needed was like dad issues, some synthesized '80s music, and Blake would have oh. been. In heaven. That is why I loved Halt and Catch Fire so much. <laughs> Case in point. Four nine nine. Four nine nine. This episode, I might even be convinced to go to five. I might. Do I'm, it. I'm just holding do it. off. Just do it. You know what it is? There's I'm, always five plus. I know. No, you no. Can but get I, more. I, there's no, not no, just I, one not winner. Five, there's no five plus yet. There's no five. No, plus I'm yet. not saying this one's a five plus, but I'm saying like, Blake, you know, this year's. This year's been rough, man. Lean in. Lean I'm, into the good. I'm going 499. What are you being a stickler about? I, the B? I, I'm being No, no, I love the, the B. The CGI B? The CGI B was a little rough. If I had if Listen, if, if you have to CGI get, a B, that's not easy. If I <laughs> If I got to give something, it's the CGI B. But I know that there's probably more to come. Like I bet you like more CGI bees, yeah, yeah. like just, locusts. Um, no, we're not watching uh, Jurassic Park to, uh, Dominion, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Thank God that movie was a train wreck. No, it wasn't. Leave yeah, me alone. It was a train wreck. That film. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. It, it, the film wasn't about anything. It like, wasn't about anything. We're not here anything. to talk about Jurassic Park Dominion and leg <sighs> off it. I need to watch it at least a second time. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Um, yeah, I'm giving. I'm going four nine nine. Because I know that either the penultimate or the 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 finale is gonna be a five. I just I got it. I got a feeling in my bones because that's how I felt about season one. Like season one finale, I think was a four or nine. I can't really remember. Whatever. I mean, you nerds, if if I'm if I'm wrong, let me know. But really enjoyed this episode. You're GBG, Marvin. You're good. You're bad. And you're great. My good is the flashback scenes have mm. added so much depth to Anthony. You know, we gave Anthony a lot of flack last season and even this season on on just who he is as a person and kind of his lack of depth of character and all while knowing that we're going to get to know him much better this season. But this just explains so much Mm -hmm. and seeing how he had to carry the Bridgerton family, his face when his mother yells, Anthony, you know, not letting the other kids see and him being referred to as the Viscount as his mother's weeping on the stairs. Mm. (laughs) It just goes to show you how the trauma truly changed him as a person. Uh, my bad is now morbidly afraid of bees for our kids. <laughs> because if Lord Bridgerton, the eldest, the dead, the deceased, Edmund, 
died that quickly. Mm-hmm. Neither of our kids have been stung by a bee before. Yeah. And like, if people die that quickly from a bee sting, why don't they test this out at their like one year old appointment? Heck, while they're babies and they're born, why don't they, they figure just out see, they, they can figure out if they're they, allergic to peanut butter? Yeah. Uh, well, they don't do that when they're born either, but I'm well, saying, you know what like, I'm saying you're pricking them anyway to get their blood type. Mm-hmm. Why don't you do a little extra something? You got some bee venom just laying around. I'm sure people got that. Oh my goodness gracious. He's even have venom. <laughs> I just, I can't. I can't. Now How I'm, do you even simulate that? I don't know, man. And now I'm wicked nervous because neither of our kids. I'm sure there gotten, was some dramatic license taken in order to make I a point. I don't know, Blake. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not allergic to bees. Have you been? I'm concerned. Have you been stung by a bee? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm good. I'm, I'm, You're we're good. okay. I'm good, but we don't know about them. Freaking out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be I'm basically okay. going to be Anthony. <laughs> and then my great was Anthony's and Kate's time, and I'm giving her her name now. She can be Kate. She's not Shama Shama anymore? She's not Shama Shama right now. Okay. She probably will go back. But like right now, the time in the mud. <laughs> oh, the time in the mud was fantastic. All about that life. Oh, the mud life. Because Kate Sharma, Sharma Sharma, she don't give two Fs about how muddy her clothes get, whether she's horseback riding mm-hmm. or whether she's just dilly-dallying and playing in the mud. She don't have to wash those clothes. If we didn't have to wash our own clothes, do you know how much dirtier I would get? <laughs> I'd be having food fights like oh, the yeah. scene from Hook with Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. Yep. She just lives her best life, man, in that beautiful dress. And I don't know if those stains will come out. <laughs> By the way, Hook... <laughs> That ravaged by critics should never have been that ravaged by critics. It's a far better film than what it was given credit for. Which is something that I enlightened you to. You're welcome. No, no, I always liked Hook. I was in oh fifth or sixth grade, and I will never forget reading the review. Yeah. One star. I mean- One star was given to that movie. Is it Steven Spielberg's greatest film ever? No, it's not. But neither was the terminal. But does that mean you can't love it for what it is? <laughs> I like the terminal. Me too. Actually. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Another great Steven. Listen, he's got a light side to him. Let him be. All right. So that was my great. Was mm. the Anthony and Kate in the mud? Yep. All right. My good. I have a tie. The whole Paul Mall scene, fantastic. Everything about it, especially the the infighting between the between the family and. Uh, the the selection of the the mallets and you know Kate grabbing Anthony's mallet the mallet of death and fighting over it reminded me of um reminded me of the scene in um oh uh, what what's it called there uh the Half Blood Prince you're a wizard Harry when Harry and Ron are fighting over the potions book mm-hmm. hashtag spoiler alert. Blake, we don't need to do a spoiler alert that Harry and Ron <laughs> fight over a fight potions over the book. potions book. First off, you don't need to worry about spoiling anything in Harry Potter at this point. <laughs> I know. Second of all, that would be like um, Sharma Sharma and Anthony fight over a black mallet. Spoiler alert! <laughs> like it's that important in life, Blake. It is important. No, it's not. If you haven't watched it, you got to go in fresh. I like going in fresh. Except that you spoil it, so it's not fresh. That's why I said spoiler alert. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) I'm going to call you out on every stupid little thing from now on. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I just love that that whole scene, all of it. And the the fun thing is, is like there is the scene where Shama Shama jumps up and down and twists when she scores. Like that felt like an honest reaction from the actress and not Shama Shama. But that informs Shama Shama even better because you can feel the competitiveness and the and the delight and the joy within that character all being informed by what I would imagine to be an ad-libbed movement from the character mm. from the from the actress or like a genuine movement like she actually got one through the wickets and she jumped up and down and they kept it. Yeah. Like that felt real. Yeah. And that whole scene felt real to me. Um, just and I, like, and I appreciate Just like that. my coughing. Yeah. Your coughing is, is real, my very real. But my other good here, though, is knowing the show knows when to torture its characters. And any show or any movie 
what you're hoping for is you're hoping for the character to begin one way and end in another. And the you're hoping that the place that they begin is like, for example, Anthony, we talked in the second episode, Mary, about Anthony's wants versus his needs. And Anthony wants somebody who is perfect for him that will fulfill his duty and he doesn't need love. But what he needs is someone to challenge him. He needs someone to bring the best out of him. He needs love, right? And this is theme versus anti-theme, right? And, and there's this moment when they're in the the mud or when they... um. <coughs> Like when they're together and you just you have this sense that Anthony is allowing allowing himself to finally understand what it feels like to have someone who challenges him. Mm -hmm. And that is theme versus anti-theme. The theme being, no, I want love. I mean, I want a a duty filled relationship. And the anti-theme being, no. I want a love-filled relationship. And this is a perfect example of knowing when to bring that out, especially through the lens of Anthony's father's death. Ugh. And being exposed to that. It, only until that theme of the duty and his father's death comes floating back because they hit the ball near the, the benches. Mm -hmm. He was Anthony was in full anti theme at that point, and then he comes he comes crashing back to theme like no no this is duty and that's what sets him straight again. Uh, just excellent excellent stuff. My bad. I mean aside from the CGIB, uh, I you know Edwina, I'm out. I'm out. You want to know why? What do you, what do you mean you're out? I'm on out her? out on Edwina. Oh my god. Sure she's a nice girl. Sure she's got some things going on. Right? Fine. No props. Uh-huh. But here's the problem. Oh, my God. You, I don't think you should be picking on Edwina, but continue. Here's the problem. Okay. Give up too easily. You hit the ball in the, in the, in the, uh, in the woods, and you're like, nah, I'm good. All set. I'm quitting. Because she doesn't want her dress ripped. She cares about her clothes. Yeah. Did you hear her on the ride over? Should I wear the pink one? I don't know. She cares about her clothes. So I'm out. If you, listen, you do what, if you're so concerned... You're so concerned about getting with the Viscount. You see how competitive his family is. You see how they're all She's playing. She's not into sports, man. It doesn't matter. You it does do matter. you do what it takes. You think half the men on this planet actually want to go apple picking? No man wants to actually go apple picking. I know with you the don't. Girl. You're there just to make sure the kids don't run away so no, no, I can no, have no, 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 my no, moment. No, actually, I quite enjoy apple picking. What I'm -uh. saying. Every time we go with the kids no, no, and no, they eat their two can, apples. Can you let me just finish my and you're sentence? Like, oh, oh, and I see you biting your lip. Oh, oh. I, Why don't we just buy the pre picked me, ones? Let me just finish my sentence. <laughs> when, when couples are dating, they don't got kids. No man wants to go apple picking. You did. I have I, a picture of I us. I just said you I just like... said no man. <laughs> no man means how to tell is when the, the opposite hosts aren't of listening. Men aside no. from me. What I'm saying is I enjoyed apple picking. But because I have this perspective, I can rec recognize and see that no guy other than like a select few actually want to go apple picking. It's a it, it, it's just a a giant waste of time. But men do it because that's what their girlfriend wants them to do. And they I don't know, like this being like a sexist thing. It's, okay? People it's not, do it because the not, person they care about. Well, whatever. You, it, I okay, do care. Okay. It's not whatever. No, what I'm saying is fine. If a girl if a guy likes apple picking and a girl doesn't, whatever. I don't I don't care. But that's an example that I know I'm aware of that some people just do things. Because that's what they're that's what they ought to do. And Edwina ought to go get that ball no. and play Be yourself. The, do be the player. Because you know what, Blake? If you didn't like apple picking, mm -hmm. I would say, whatevs, go watch football. I will go on a Sunday with a friend or honestly by myself. Cause then I don't have to worry that people are picking apples that actually aren't good for baked 
goods. <laughs> People don't understand that different varieties serve different purposes. That's right. So I, I have a fault, okay? Patience is not my virtue. No. But one of my virtues oh. is honesty, which is also one of my faults. Yes. I come from just be honest and just be you. Edwina doesn't like that game. I mean, she likes it, but not too much. Sure. She doesn't want to get dirty. Be you, Edwina. Let the person who you hope will fall in love with you fall in love with you. Yeah, and how's that working for you? <laughs> for for her, rather. That means it's not the right person for her. I agree. I agree. But she, again, she is in her intent. She is adamant. I can't believe she's your point, you know, tenth, point one hundredth of a... No, it's the CGIB too. I said that as well. I told you the CGIB. You weren't even thinking that until I doesn't mean it didn't exist. (laughs) My great though, my great is the whole opening. Um, If if we had the time, I would have played the entire opening, all of it for you at the at the top of the episode. It is spectacular. It is one giant metaphor for Anthony's life Mm. after his father's death. Mm -hmm. Every you know, we talked Mary many times about how every single shot. Every single line has to be full of purpose. Uh, (laughs) Lumos just sneezed on me, and I felt it like a mister. Maybe she got my bug. That was gross. I've never felt cat sneeze boogers. Like, we've heard her sneeze, but that was like a thing. I don't even know if I need to go shower again. Like... Does she have a different bug than me? That was gross. Sorry. Could you actually hear it in the recording? <laughs> if, if you go back, listener, you'll hear her sneeze as I'm talking. All over my and arm. Mary freaks out. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, what I was getting at is, before my cat sneezed, is it's just one giant metaphor. And, and, there, there's always a purpose for every shot. There's always a purpose for every line. Nothing is there for the sake of being there, or that's the way that it should be. And in this scene, everything is purposeful. There is no filler. And every line takes on a whole new meaning. It's uh, Anthony's first big try at killing the, uh, the, the deer or whatever it was, the buck, it was a failure, just like his first big try at love with the soprano, the the, the music lady. Then uh, he needs support. He needs reassurance. He needs wisdom from his dad to get to the next bit of love. Uh, he then uh, needs his dad to show him how to love because Anthony at this at this moment doesn't know how to love. And his dad says to him, you can't show the best without seeing the worst. Oh, man. And Anthony will not allow anybody to see his worst. Mm-hmm. All of these things are floating and in, 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 in just uh, enveloping Anthony as we move along into this season. And then Anthony's father says, it takes one shot to the hot to bring down even the biggest beast. And then his dad gets a flower for the sake of love and then dies as a result. Oh, oh. Listen, I got to tell you, Sarah L. Thompson, I don't know who you are. But now we do. But now I do. Now I I know that name and I'm not going to forget that name. Because is some of it on the nose? Sure. Is is it, if if you squint at it, are you telling me some things? Sure, fine. But you managed to wrap all mm-hmm. of these things up so quickly and tightly and efficiently in a manner that made me finally care about Anthony, what he's going through, and his dad, a dad, his dad who just shows up out of nowhere. Uh, and you're like, now you got to care for the guy because of what happened. And, and so you rooted all of the metaphor, you rooted all of the character, mm-hmm. and you even rooted plot into what happened in that uh, in that opening scene. And when you can stitch together plot and character uh, in a way that advances both, then you know you have good writing. Mm-hmm. And that is what uh, Sarah L. Thompson, 
well did. done. And uh, I'm not saying, for those of you who listened to This Is Us too, or listened to This Is Us too, I'm not saying that Sarah L. Thompson's taking over the K.O. Yagen role. Not saying that. No, we need to see a little bit more. I got to get some more. Yeah. Okay, she she's not Whitney worthy yet. Okay, but it's close. It's close. I, that whole opening scene was fantastic. All right, now the music. Once again, Marvin, mm-hmm. no covers. WTF? None. Zero. Like, don't zero they know? Zero point zero. Don't they know that the extremely belated Bridgerton with Marion Blake podcast has a whole segment <laughs> devoted to music covers? Don't they know we have to have content? <laughs> it's the content game, ladies and gents. Uh, like those, that sick girl <laughs> from Rhode Island. <laughs> so, Mary, I, I love this episode because... It explores a theme, and it explores a theme in two different ways. It explores uh, grief, but then it also, I think, brings to light what you can do with grief if you allow somebody to help you through it, if you find a way to move forward. You know, And that is in regards to most of the characters. Uh, I would say that is in regards to... Um, Anthony, obviously, Anthony's mother, but also Edwina too. I mean, she doesn't she doesn't grieve necessarily, but her sister is there to back her up. Her sister is there to make sure that when Anthony doesn't propose at the dinner, that mm-hmm. hey, listen, there's going to be all these other people here. Don't you worry about yeah, yeah. it. You know, um, and then at the same time, what Kate does to carry Anthony through once he freaks out about the bee, you know, about the bee mm-hmm. and the whole like. To stabilize. Oh, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. I just, I I love what this does for Anthony and Kate. How this <coughs> represents an actual organic way for these two to start understanding each other's mm-hmm. blind sides. Right? Because like we, or, or blind not blind side, but moments of blindness where, where they can't see themselves for a particular reason like we talked about again last episodes uh you know there are character traits that anthony just can't see about himself yet now kate sees it and she allows anthony to move forward as a character um i what did you feel mary about the whole interaction up at the end when Anthony is having a, 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 a an anxiety, panic, a panic yeah. attack, and Kate does what she does, are you are you buying the emotional math? Of oh, one hundred percent. I was right there. I loved it. Obviously, she did not mean for anything to be sexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes to show me that um, I don't know if it'll be addressed because, like, we didn't have any flashback scenes from Sharma Sharma's past. But to me. Um, you know, not only is she tra- letting him feel her heart, but it's also like <clears throat> letting him feel her breathe. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder who, who else has she had to calm down during panic attacks? Has it been her mother mm. or, you know, her stepmother, yeah. I guess. Or has, her it been her, or... has it been her? Yeah. Like, has she dealt with this because of loss, because of scary situations? Um, well, actually, you know what? She has. Remember, because... <clears throat> I think it was episode one or two. Uh, there was the scene where the, it was thunder and lightning, mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, my dad always used to, used to help me during the thunder yeah. scenes." Uh, and so, so it or, makes or, me during think thunder. So that makes, yeah. if he did that, if he helped her feel his breathing and calmed her down, because that to me is a learned thing. Um, <coughs> oh, me. poor oh, my kid! Oh, but like. When I'm trying to teach my children how to um, calm down, you know, not only are you trying to get them or anybody to focus on their breathing, but then if you can also integrate the feeling of touch, you know, the idea if you can get your senses to be distracted Mm -hmm. and to be focused on something else. So she's helping Anthony by having him use his sense of touch, whether it's the heartbeat or the feeling of of the rise and fall of her chest. Um, you know, it was just it was just so multisensory that to me, I felt like Kate has done this before, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was very special because um, I don't think she'll come from a place of judgment or seeing this as a weakness of him. Agreed. And I think that that's very important as well because I think that if oh, Cressida, 
You know, like if Cressida had seen him do that, she would have been like, oh my God, he lost his mind. He touched my boob, you know? <laughs> but I think Kate has been around anxiety, whether her own or her other family members. But like you said, the, for her to talk about the thunderstorms, yeah, um, it makes me think that herself. There, There is another tie-in here too, Mary. And again, I... Character is so important, but and as we as we've you know discussed ad nauseum in Mary and Blake media history throughout all of the shows, what is character like? What when someone says, "Oh, this is character based" or "This is too plot based," what is the difference between the two? Like, plot is the thing that makes the story move forward, right? It's it's the thing that you know. Oh, uh, going from A to B to C. Like, okay, they're starting here, then they go for a drive, mm-hmm. and they go to uh, you know place X, and then. Then they go from there and they say, oh my goodness, we have to go to place Y. And then they go to place Y. That is plot. <coughs> Character is often confused. It's like, you know, what, what is it? Is it, you know, just, uh, just two people discussing and talking? Is it someone just sitting there ruminating? Is What is character? And my definition, as I've discussed many times, is the relationships that one shares with another person. That unveils character. That unveils who each of those people are because that relationship can um, delineate actions and that can illuminate choices and why certain people make certain choices. And in this case, at least specifically for Kate and Anthony, the character here that is unveiled is, is, is perfect on so many different levels for both characters because Lady Danbury says to Kate, you're never going to be me if you don't live. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to live because you are not allowing yourself to love. Mm -hmm. And we have this thing here now with Anthony where he too is not allowing himself to to love, and not just because he's being a dink about it, but because he's actually terrified. He saw what his mother went through. He had to take care of his family as, you know, however old he was. Let's say he's 19, okay, yeah. at the time. Like, yeah, because I think it said a decade earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 29. So, yeah, sure, he's 19, whatever. He's in that, he's in that range. He's definitely a teenager. At that point, he is thrust into adulthood. There's that great scene when the guy says, you're the Viscount now. Like, what are we going to do with this body? What are we going to do about your mother? We should got to go to the hospital. Like, do we bring a doctor here? Do we cut your mother open so that the baby lives? Or do we kill the baby? Like, there's a lot going on here. And he's just thrust into it. So you can see why he has shut himself off from love and mm-hmm. um and not just to protect himself because you know it's not like oh i don't want to go through that pain but it was more said i saw what you went through mom and i wouldn't want that to have to happen to anybody else mm-hmm. oh. oh awful and the 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 fact of the matter is is that edwina is a living embodiment of that choice right and that is why the Edwina and Kate uh, contrast when you get some more context works so well because you can make, you can have an understanding as to why he's choosing Edwina. Edwina fills all of the check boxes. The problem is he just doesn't feel for her and he, and she doesn't have the ability to make him, um, burn right mm-hmm. uh you know using the simon and daphne term like she, he does not burn for no. edwina and that's okay i'm not saying that he's supposed to but you can tell that as soon as he lays eyes on kate during the dinner scene like it's that moment when he, where he's about to do what he's supposed to do he's supposed to fulfill his duty but he looks at kate and you can see just from that look yeah. that she makes him feel mm-hmm. and she makes him feel in a way that is the anti theme, the one that is about love, the thing that he is scared of. And yet at the same time, he still 
can't bring himself to propose to Edwina because he just merely looks at Kate and he has that sense of, I burn. Like that mm-hmm. feels that way to me. Um, I, I just, I'm really impressed by this episode. And I'm also impressed too, once again, by the relationship shared between Daphne and Anthony. I think that is that is a pairing and that is a relationship that this show, I, I think it goes not undervalued by the show, but by the um, by the viewers. What do you Agreed. think about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Midnight Milk Time. Oh, loved that scene. <laughs> They're like, okay, let's uh, heat up the milk. Don't know what we're doing. Well, why don't you do it? <laughs> um, no, I agree. Oh, so and great. now to kind of have the... <clears throat> The tables be flipped. Is that the tables turned? Tables oh. turned. <clears throat> We're not talking about Teresa from the New Jersey Housewives. Prostitution. <laughs> um, or Michael Scott, how the turntables. Yes. Oh, how the turntables. Yes, that's more my speed. <laughs> I um, I liked how now it's Daphne who kind of gets to speak to him through the eyes of an elder. You know, where... Yeah. Okay, well, I know what love is and marriage and what really works. And it's interesting to see how Daphne looks at him in regards to Kate. You know, he's talking to Kate when she first gets off the the carriage. And she goes, well, you must be Edwina. Yeah. Because she sees how Anthony is lighting up speaking to her. She sees how they interact at the game. She sees how they interact at dinner. (laughs) So it's just very, very interesting. Yeah, it's it's really great. It really is great. The the Daphne... Anthony uh, dynamic is great because there's I like when his mother puts him in his place like especially I think it was episode one where she says to Anthony listen you know there's a lesson I know you're going to have to take from this when he doesn't get the invite Mm -hmm. to the ball Mm -hmm. but it's also a mother and a son so it's it, it almost feels as if it's obligatory to have that kind of relationship Yet the Daphne Anthony one does not feel obligatory. It feels it feels honest and it feels equal. And I don't see Colin. I don't see Benedict. I don't see anybody else being able to call Anthony out for his crap. Right except now. I, I don't think any of them can. Benedict, maybe. I think Benedict is on the outskirts of being able to do that. But I think Daphne is the one that really has the balls, but also the cachet. Yeah. To, to do it. Been there, done that, man. <clears throat> and, you know, it's also, it's, it's, it's a fun little callback, too, right, to the first season when we see the, what it's like uh, for, when we, when we saw what it was like for Daphne and Simon and mm-hmm. what we, because we saw it with the two of them, we can immediately, we have that immediate transference of feeling when she mentions that uh, state of being to Anthony, where we're like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously we can see it. And that's the thing, too. When a character is blind to one of their faults or one of something that they're missing, you know, the audience knows it and they can feel it and they can see it. And we can see and feel that he burns for Kate. And whether or not he doesn't see it yet or he won't allow himself to see that yet, I think that's a different... Yes. I think that's a different you know, Well, because thing. I think, too, when you're watching it, you don't know... He doesn't know how Kate feels about him. Mm-hmm. You know? Here he is falling for Kate, but the right choice is the diamond. Yes. And Kate's been nothing but kind of mean to him, so... He's drawn to her. I think I think in this episode you just see his playfulness and his the amount of times he smiles yeah. when he's around her. Um you don't really see Anthony smile. Um like when he when he and she share a genuine laugh when they're caught in that mud and he says to her, This is not amusing. Like yeah. Yeah. I laughed out loud. Yes. Because both of them just Again, it felt like a genuine reaction to two people who are just literally stuck in the mud, like mm-hmm. literally stuck in the mud between these two actual actors. Yeah. 
and they're just laughing at each other. But then you get the dinner conversation where Edwina's saying, you know, Kate has been so good and she's so devoted to her duties. And Daphne says, oh, well, it sounds a lot like like you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and that's what I'm wondering is, is Anthony, is he not even fully aware that he's falling so much for Kate? Or if he is aware... You know, is that what caught him from stopping to propose where he was like, oh my gosh, I'm falling in love with the other one. Well, that's the thing, right? Because we have that we have that moment. We have that scene between the two of them shared where, again, the, in, a, in an anxiety attack, for those of you who have not experienced them, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. They suck. They're awful. It feels like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for a moment there, you're you're living on the edge. He and you kind of reveal yourself a, li- a little bit when you're on that when you're on that edge and you're on that um, precipice of am I going to die or am I going to live? Now you know I think deep down you're going to live, but your body is reacting in a way that tricks your brain. Yes, and all of your walls, all of your constructs, all of the all of the ama that you build up throughout your whole life at that moment when you're on that precipice goes away. And I think that is so like, you could see that there was some like tension between the two, obviously Mm -hmm. like, but there, there's a difference between, you know, flirting or whatever and just kind of feeling something and, you know, and however they felt about each other, like being slightly attracted to each other. But there's a difference between that and then, being on that edge and the person that helps bring you back helps illuminate your life. Yeah. You know, that's a huge difference. And that's why I say the emotional math here adds up because Kate is now inexorably tied to Anthony's father. Right. Mm -hmm. In, in one way or another. And and also she's lost her own dad. So it's, um, it's something that she can appreciate and understand. By the way, I think my favorite scene, aside from the, you know, the panic attack scene, uh, is when it's that switch back from, you know, Anthony being playful and whatever to, no, the game's over, we're done. Mm-hmm. The show could have made it so in your face about his father. Mm-hmm. And it could have made it so in your face about like the, about the, the, the grave site and the whole thing. But it it did something smart and that was don't show us immediately. Just yeah. show us the bench. Show us Anthony's reaction to the bench. Yeah. And that's really, really important because while we can argue that we're in Anthony's perspective at that moment, I think um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good sleight of hand mm-hmm. because – we don't know what that means. We don't know what that is. Neither does Kate. And we don't understand the context until Kate understands the context. Agreed. And I think that's a really important thing. I so, concur. Yeah. So um, so I feel like we've delved a lot into the Kate and Anthony yes. parts of this. And I, of course, love how Lady Danbury and Lady Bridgerton are, are playing their roles and are seeing what's happening and, you know, eavesdropping and all of that loveliness that they're doing, mm-hmm. sipping their tea. Um, but I wanted to know if we could pivot for a quick moment. Yeah. We just need to acknowledge Benedict's trippiness. <laughs> <clears throat> I've been there, done that. Uh, I have not. Um, but, but ate ate one too many cookies once. Holy smokes. Shouldn't have done it. <laughs> that dinner scene with him talking about being amongst the stars and the way that Lady Bridgerton just says, you know, you're disturbing our guests. Yeah. That is a mom of many kids where yeah. she's just like, something's wrong with him, but I ain't got time for this. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. I ain't got time for this. Oh, um, great stuff. So ben- just I, like I told you, Benedict, sneaky best character in this whole show. <laughs> Sneaky best character. Then I also want to delve a bit into Penelope as she um, is trying to figure out her way with the modiste. Yeah. And, you know, how are we going to go about this? And I I might need some help because this is going to become quite lucrative. So I just am proud of Penelope for kind of having that foresight and willing to test the waters of who she can trust in Mm -hmm. this endeavor. But then we have 
the Featheringtons. Lady Featherington <laughs> decides that she's going to set up Prud- is it Prudence? Prudence, yeah. With Cousin, cousin. Featherington. <laughs> and she's just like, this is a great idea. We need someone dumb uh, to make this happen. And obviously, uh, he has his eyes set on Cressida Cowell. Ka- Cowper. Cowper. Oh, you know who Cressida, Cressida Cowell is? <laughs> the, the author of Trina Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Uh, I don't know that many Cressidas. No! Um, but he has his sights obviously set on Cressida, and I love, I love <laughs> after she, you know Lady Featherington's teaching Prudence how to do the thing fan with the bosom. fan, and <laughs> cousin Jack or yeah, cousin Jack leaves the room, and Prudence goes, "Oh, didn't work." <laughs> Didn't oh work. He didn't once look at my bosom at all. Like <laughs> it is her depiction of this this woman is so fun to watch oh, it's because great. it's so basic. She's such yeah. a basic character. I mean, that's why her mom's even picking her. Oh my god. <laughs> as pray for cousin Jack. But when you watch it through the eyes of what a fun character. Yeah. Um and I hate how poor Penelope gets dismissed all the time, you know, like, isn't he our cousin? And, um, you know, she's trying to be kind to Cressida about her dress. And um, it's not odd to marry one's cousin. It's regal. Yeah. Just look at the royal family. I love, I am loving Lady <gasps> oh, Featherington. Oh, she's great this season. I, uh, that woman... That is a mama. That's a mama bear right there. Mm-hmm. I got to do what it takes to keep these kids surviving. Now, do I think that all of her choices are right? Not necessarily, but can I appreciate? I can appreciate her devoting everything she's got to making it happen. Yeah. So I'm going to be excited to see how her twisted little mind works because I, I am. I'm like you know, I want to do it the same way, but I gotta give you a mom high five. However, cousin Jack. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Cousin Jack. Because I've lived in America all my life. Yeah. And maybe people who don't live in America think that we have the land of riches. We don't. Okay? Well, in some ways we do. No. (laughs) Not Ruby's rich. Not Ruby's. (laughs) So people keep saying like, oh, Ruby's in the Americas, Ruby's in the Americas. And it's kind of just like blown by me a couple of times. But as I rewatched it for for today's episode, I'm like... We're not ruined. We're not known for our rubies at yeah. all. Like we had the gold rush. There was a gold rush. There's some silver there in are, there as well. Yeah, but even then, like not super duper what we're known for. Yep. And there are various gemstones. <laughs> Diamonds are, are are here and there. We're known for our dinosaurs. You know, dino, <laughs> dino DNA. DNA. Um, you know, you can go over to the Badlands and, and scoop up some dino bones. Um, but like I, <laughs> Oil? there wasn't. Yeah. No rubies. But I'm like thinking like, wait a second, this is my country. <laughs> and it's one thing if someone in in Great Britain watches this and they're like, okay, sure, rubies in, in the United States. But I'm sitting here saying, on my fifth watch of this episode, <laughs> saying, wait a second. This doesn't feel right. It'd be like someone saying Rhode Island's an island. And I go, wait a second. It's not. <laughs> so I will be interested to find out which state these rubies are in. Yeah. Because I'm going to need to do. <laughs> oh, shoot. Geez. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, this is my life. <laughs> okay, Blake, you're going to take over soon. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Well, it, that's I needed to get that off my chest is that on my fifth wash. I'm actually looks starting like you to get, get something little... out of your chest, too. <sighs> Holy smokes. <laughs> Let's just. How about we just not have pneumonia? That That's all I want. Is that what I have? I don't think that you got it. Oh my God. But I'm just saying. They swapped me for so many things. They said, maybe you got some extra weird bacteria. Let's just get in there some more and gag you a little you bit got more. stuff with. we ain't even seen, really lady. I don't even know. There's like new spores that are just living in you it's all of cat, a sudden. It's cat bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> I got the cat virus. <laughs> That's what I get. <laughs> Two weeks from now, there's going to be another quarantine. It's, it's going to be called... Lumos, Lumos vid. Lumos 22. Yeah. <laughs> Started in Rhode Island. You heard it here first, folks. COVID-19 was a bat. This is a cat. <laughs> Lumos 22. Oh, oh, my goodness gracious. 
Uh, you know what the good news is, Mary? I need, I need Prudence's fan. I'm getting hot. I know. I'm schwitzing a little no, bit. No, I'm serious. No, like, like, I'm serious. I'm starting to schwitz a little bit, too. All right. Anyway, that is that. At, least we're, ra- at least we're at a place now, Mary, where we can joke about COVID. We can joke about I can't, it. A Blake, bit. I, no, I'm not joking, Blake. <laughs> well, Anything you think is a joke is not a joke still to me. <laughs> All right, let's close. Mary is literally fanning herself with a post-it note right yes, now. This is what happens when you have sweats from an unknown situation. <laughs> Cat bacteria. Jesus. <laughs> oh, All right, okay. let's close this. Close this. Friends, out. I just want to tell you that we have tried to make this podcast happen for quite some time. Uh, for at least five days. And I finally said, Blake, I don't care. Just we need just the audio, and I can be coughing, but we need to start doing the podcast. Yep. So she's muscling it out. So everybody, do me a favor. Just send us a hot when you hear this. Just send us a hot and any and send any- us a cat. Yeah, yeah, that's cat it. Yeah, emoji. send us a cat emoji. There you go. Send us cat a cat emoji, emoji with the mask emoji. <laughs> Or cat emoji with the virus emoji. No, just the cat emoji. You'll we, be good. We'll know what you mean. We'll know exactly. On whatever platform you're on, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I've even got weird rashes. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been losing more hair just this week. Oh, my goodness. Like, something's wrong it. with me. <laughs> Lumos 22. You're screaming. <laughs> let's close this out. Please. Oh, man, let's do it. Please. Fun right. fact, well, fanning gonna... yourself doesn't actually cool your body temperature down. No, nah, it just makes it worse because now your muscles are working too hot. Yeah, but you're at least trying to chill the sweat as it comes off of your body. But I learned that in church. You know what I learned once? When too? I was told to stop making fans out of my church pamphlets. I, I also learned something that when you're super cold and you've got blankets, don't don't go waving around crazy. Just start rubbing your chest. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to warm up your chest and your <laughs> arms and everything will will take care of themselves. You want to know where I learned that, that from? At that point, I give up. Okay? Wanna, it's my time. You want to know where I learned that from? <laughs> where? Batman Begins. Good I don't know you. if it's true. It does. It I doubt it's true. true. It doesn't sound true But Raz al Ghul said it. And if Liam Neeson tells me, I'm going to believe it. I, we know something about him. <laughs> All right. On that note, guys, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. Now get out there and brew some more tea for us, shall we? Stay away from cats. That are sneezing. Because that's rough. (laughs) Just ask Mary. (laughs) Bye, everybody.